On day two of each test this summer, we've spoken to a celebrity or prominent person about their love of cricket. And today, a former award-winning journalist turned author whose book has become the number one hit on Netflix. Trent Dalton, it is fantastic to have you on board. Welcome to the Gabba. You come in and everything's happening in the uh, cricket. Everything's uh, happening in your life as well. How are you? <laughs> Mate, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. I just spoke to Carl Hooper about the time he hit a, the most gigantic six over the Gabba. I just spoke to Glenn McGrath about the wonders of Queensland. Um, and I just met Jim Maxwell. So I'm bloody in heaven. <laughs> well, we're, we're happy to have you here, Trent. Um, because... Your life, your career has rocketed with your creative work, uh, from journalism to features to, well, pseudo-biographical fiction slash non-fiction, and now uh, you're, the, you're the hit on subscription <laughs> television, Trent. Not bad for a boy from Brizzy. Yeah, mate. No, I, I, I wanted to tell this story about how I was raised by some some dark old criminal characters in this very city and um, I wanted to sort of tell the world why I love those people and uh, wrote a book called Boy Swallows Universe and then Netflix came along and decided to show that uh, story to the world and unbelievably mate we're getting messages from people from Los Angeles to Poland to Korea about people who are watching this thing and going yeah I recognize that family and it's been the most amazing thing and it's just incredible to be here at the Gabba this place is sacred to me, you know, and it's like it just reminds me so much of my 1980s, you know. Some of my greatest memories are from this place. And watching this West Indian team, mate, I mean, they were gods to me. Like, I really mean it. Meeting, meeting Carl Hooper just now is just quite a thing. Like, it was like meeting, that's like meeting Elvis, you know. And it's like, that's how they were to me when I was a kid. Richie Richardson, Desmond, Gordon Greenwich, you know. <laughs> don't get, We dropped Viv Richards' name in this show. The kid likens this... Uh, warrior guy to uh to viv richards and it's like that's that's there's no um coincidence it's me telling everybody these guys were part of our our lives as brisbane 80s kids you know they were huge to us weren't they they were like you know i'm sure you were the same mm. you know, they were just out of this world rock stars and it's so great to see this team right now having a cracker of a day because they're putting in a fight and we'll talk all the stories about how uh, a book becomes a, a television series and, and just your own life but uh, the part that sport plays in a young Australian boy's upbringing and oh. you've taken the personal experience of, of a kid in Brisbane but this could be someone in Geraldton and WA, someone uh, at the Air Peninsula in South Australia, down on the Murray, in the River, anywhere. That's a part I think of what makes Boy Swallows universe magical. You've, you've encapsulated a very unique story which resonates with so many kids. And sport's a big part of that. Oh, Quentin, it's escape. Sport was escape for the Dalton boys. And, you know, any, any heavy nights, you know, we, we, we had a lot of adults around us who had some demons. They were incredibly beautiful people. My old man, Noel Dalton, bless his soul, he put me onto the game. You know, he put me on, you know, I sat, sat down in Brackenridge watching so many games of cricket with that guy. But the nights when things got a bit troublesome, you're, not come, you're out in the backyard playing, doing medium paces. You know... We, I put the words medium pace bowling in Boy Swallows Universe and the, and the Americans tried to translate it and they didn't understand the terminology. They're like, what's this medium pace bowling you're talking about? And what's this thing called a wheelie bin that you use as these things called wickets? And, and it's just wonderful. Like I wanted to put that, all that stuff in the book because it is magical to me. And, and there's a lot, of, maybe a lot of kids on the fringes of every major city in Australia who are finding escape from very dark things through the game of cricket. And, uh, and mate, I mean, you know, I... <sighs> 
I remember that 1989. I got this. I got this Richie Richardson SS cricket bat. Right, Quentin. It was. It was like the holy grail to me, you know, and because it was, it was one of those, you know, like it was, wasn't Richie's proper signature, but it was a, you know, a reprint of, of Richie's signature. And it was, you know, it made me play better cricket. You know, that, that's how much, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, and everyone wanted the oversized Greg Chappell hat because we had the Greg Chappell white brim, but then Richie had the one which was the pseudo cabana on his oh, head. Oh, mate, that guy's there facing the fastest bowlers that we could ever offer, and he's just there in a wide brim hat, you know, <laughs> smashing hundreds. That's what these guys were like. And so by the time I, you know, start holding that guy's bat, I started getting some half decent funny thing about that my old man <laughs> that bat's a funny story because um this is, this is a funny sad sort of brisbane cricket story you know i don't know tough times it hit the family whatever my old man hocked that bat and uh took really? it down yeah yeah like well, i don't know like we had to get food and stuff or whatever right i don't mean to be playing the world's smallest violin or anything but you know get some food maybe get a beer or two for him i don't know but uh, he hocked it to the sandgate pawnbrokers it's a beautiful story because <laughs> you got 20 bucks for it or something and if you hock it and you you don't you don't come back and buy it the the pawnbroker owns it right and so then my best mate benny hart and i were <laughs> we're we're riding our bikes down to the sandgate pawnbroker and ben's like hey trent there's your bat and it was in the it was in the pawnbroker window and i'm just like my cricket dreams were just you know, sort of sitting behind the glass cabinet but here's the coolest thing quentin i turned 40 like four years ago and this beautiful brother of mine, who's who's one third of that character, Gus Bell, in that book. Like I, I wedged my three beautiful older brothers into that character, Gus Bell, and you know my brother does this speech about this lost Richie Richardson cricket bat, and he goes, Trent, I tracked down SS cricket bat. Happy birthday! It was the most beautiful full circle thing. So you got not, your not, SS back for your fortieth birthday. Mate, it's, it's sitting down where I write my books. I, I've got this. I've got this SS that my beautiful bro Ben. Your old me. man looking for a drink and something to feed his kids. <laughs> hocks the bat when you're a teenager, and you get it back for your fortieth yeah, birthday. Look, I don't think it was the exact bat, but my bro Ben is like very like period. It was period true, Quentin. It was like it was a real deal, like cherries and all. And I was just like, all right, if I can just squint a little bit. That's a Richie Richardson, uh, you know, proper official sort of Richie Richardson bat. And we're almost gone back in time with the way the West Indies are going here. Oh, how about that? How, how wonderful to see the Windies just, you know, just, just fighting and just putting in, you know, because that's what these guys never gave up, you know. And it's just like they were just the coolest. I mean, they didn't even have to fight those guys. They were just elegant, swashbuckling geniuses in the 80s. And it's so great to see these guys you know little touches of that and, and you can see these guys today and go far out i wonder what can come in 10 years time yeah trent dalton is my guest on uh, grandstand at the the long break not quite grandstand at lunch because we're playing day night cricket and all those terminologies are all over the place west indies four for 24 in reply to uh the uh, australia four for 24 in reply to the west indies 311 now while we're on the cricket theme um i've, I've read the book but i haven't watched the Netflix series. Yeah. yeah. Um, fantastic story. For those that aren't aware, semi-biographical of, of Trent's upbringing in Brisbane and uh, essentially it, it, it weaves through a, an upbringing of what it's like to be a kid that loves sport, mm. a kid finding a way to escape with uh, some, some older uh, type of role models and people that you connected with, but there's references of, of cricket. There's references to rugby league, going to the Ecker. And where I'm, I'm 20 years in Brisbane now. When I moved to, to Queensland from New South Wales, I had no idea what an Ecker was. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, oh, no, that's the name for the Brisbane show. So oh. it, all of these stories. But I believe 
that you've had to source some pretty authentic stuff oh. to get the the show to be a, a proper replication. So, and a World Series cricket poster. I want to ask oh. you about a World Series cricket poster that is now a part of the, the set <laughs> in the in the show. Oh, Quentin, like, so in the book, the boys, Eli and Gus, who are totally just avatars for me and my brothers, um, they, they draw some unflattering um, ink uh, additions to David Gower's head on this World Series cricket poster from, like, 1983, right? Well, there was and some pretty good hair going on for David you Gower. You remember the those. David Gower exactly. hair? And it was sort of like, you know, he was just that classic sort of easy to dislike for a Brisbane kid for some reason, David Gower. And well, one, England were winning. Two, he was a pom. You and know? he was a pom. That's and he had the bouffant blonde hair. You're so right, right? And so, get this. So then they go make this thing, Netflix, right? And Michelle McGay, she did the art direction on The Matrix, Quentin. So she did, like, you know, so she's gone from, like, dressing, you know, scenes for Keanu Reeves. Red pill, blue pill? Red pill, blue pill, you know it, you know yeah. it. And uh, to tracking down authentic 1983 Benson and Hedges. You, do you remember those one-day cricket Yeah, you posters? used to get given, to, given them from fast food chains. From fast food chains, right? You remember yeah. that? Okay, she tracked down. I walked into the set, right? She's tracked down eight just um, untainted, untarnished, Mint condition, 1983 World Series cricket, Benson Hedges. Now, mate, if you, you were searching, you could have asked me. I've got mine I somewhere bet you, you would have. <laughs> in a bag. We should have just called Quentin. I should have just got Michelle. <laughs> Where you Anything had the you need, just all the Quentin. autographs that were printed on the on the posters and all you that know, type of stuff. You know, do you remember that, mate? I used to look at that and drip. So, AB, okay, I've spoken about Carl and the, you know the boys and you know Richie and Viv, but AB was my guy. Like I, mm. the first book I ever read, Quentin was a, a little. It was a very thin book I got out from. You know, Brighton State School Library. It was about AB hitting a, hitting a hitting a shot. I never forget. It was so vivid. He hit this shot and he broke his neighbour's window. And I and it was just pure storytelling. And to a young, you know, I was like seven. And like to a young seven-year-old who lived for nothing but, mate, I, like throwing balls against, you know, the um, the septic tank. And I'd do these low, you know, slips catches and practice all that stuff. And then you go inside and then you realise, oh, there's a job that someone has where you write stories about legends. And, mate, that, like, you know, no secret, no coincidence, I became a journo like you. Just We get to cover these incredible people who do these amazing things for the entertainment of us all. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Did you get to the Gabba in the old dog track days? We, we didn't, mate, and it's a tragedy. Like, so, but I never... Because you're I've, a big rugby league fan uh, as well. Well, don't even get me started on my love of league. Yeah, so Parramatta Eels is sort of was our team because that's prior to the Broncos And, of and you can see the, the blue and gold scarves oh. on the, the sort of the oh. image at the front oh. of the Netflix doco. Hey, yeah. Episode two of Netflix, you know, going worldwide. And there's, there's like... Eric you know, Groth. There's and my boys, Peter Eric Sterling. Groth. There's Ray Price <laughs> and Peter Sterling. Like these, you know, talk about the West Indies, mate. Yeah, don't even get me started on the Parramatta Eels. And uh, so it was a lot more league. If, if, if we were going to sport and saving up our pennies, it's Lang Park. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, um, but I, I started coming here probably late 80s, you know, so post dog track but still I'm talking I saw Craig McDermott smash a six over here you know and, and he hit the rooftop and I was like that's the most unbelievable thing I've seen I was here when Fatty Vorton took that amazing catch at that charity game and then and then you know then my brothers and I then turn you know 18 and suddenly we're writing our own story so we're going in almost every second weekend and we're seeing 
you know, amazing Ashes tests just before amazing Queensland storms hit, you know, and you're just having the time of your life. You're 18, you're at the cricket, there's some girl you're talking to, and you're just, you're just <laughs> thrilled. It's just like, you know, life just doesn't get better, and, and it's because of this game that the gods gave us. You know, they created this strange game with a pitch and sets of wickets and this massive field of grass and they just let us rip and just like Australia took to it like ducks to water (laughs) and I'm so grateful we did. Trent Dalton is your guest, uh, the author of Boy Swallows Universe, chatting his love of of cricket and stories of of Brisbane. So uh, your your, your story is is magnificent, the way that you, you tell Boy Swallows Universe through your eyes and your upbringing in in Brisbane, but you you weren't uh, a non-fiction slash well you, you weren't a, an author as such of of books. Mm. You were a journalist, and that's part of the story of Boy Swallows Universe. This young man oh. was engaged with the crime stories in in the Courier Mail and wanted to be a uh, a journalist. And that's where where you started. So how does how does a young man go from being uh, a news journalist to being a features writer, and then thinking I've got this upbringing that is worth telling the world. And I'd, I'd be in a newsroom and I'd be writing my sort of flowery features and I would be listening to the crime desk and I remember, I distinctly remember an editor coming in and he's screaming out this name about this retrospective um, crime case, right? He's screaming out a name. He's like, we've got to get, I won't say the name because it will link me to too many dodgy people, but he's screaming out this name and, uh, and, I'm, and he goes, we need to find contacts for blah, blah, right? This pretty dark figure (laughs) and I just remember sinking into my chair thinking in like 1985 I played with that guy's kids and and it was very powerful to me sort of this mix of quietly knowing I've got this background that was just bizarre and you know knowing people like Slim Halliday who was kind of like this old guy who was just around our house all the time doing odd jobs and looking after me. Did you actually break into the jail? I don't want to give away parts of the story but there's a bit of that in the book. Oh, mate, I mean, that's just a really powerful thing. I didn't, I didn't, Eli Bell does everything I, um, Eli Bell in that story does everything I wished I could have done. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because that part, and with that, no sort of spoilers, but that part I'm thinking, did Trent actually really do that? No, no. You know, there's hilarious things. People almost want me to have a severed finger. (laughs) Then I have to apologize to people that I haven't lost a finger. But, um, no, it's, it's 50% fact and 50% dreaming and wishful thinking mate you know so that's all me missing my mum on Christmas Day mate like in 1988 or something like that 1987 just me just going ah mum should be here on Christmas Day and then me sort of almost going geez what if what if we actually both broke into Bogger Road Women's yeah so you write the book and it goes gangbusters and then television comes around and the question obviously it's a very personal story. Yeah. Everyone who's written a book thinks, okay, well, if you want to turn these words into pictures, yeah. the creative control, we, we've got a question on the, on the text, just oh. how much are your, your, your fingers and, and your creative parts over the, the, the Netflix series from the adaptation? I just kept saying one thing, Quentin, which was please don't make my mum cry more than she has to. Like, it was really deep. Like, Did they like, come to you? Or? Yeah, they came to me, and, and they're like, hey, this thing's going a bit gangbusters. We will turn this in. But I'm telling you, I, I, I trusted them, and they just rewarded my trust, Quentin. Like, I just said, please 
remember that this isn't an underbelly type story. This is a family story about love and love getting a family through some, some tough times. And they just held true to that, mate. I swear to God, it was so beautiful that they did that. And, you know, so when my mum and I, you know, sits down literally in Brizzy here, sits down and watches it and she can pause it and then talk to my granddaughters via these famous actors like, you know, Simon Baker playing essentially my old man and Phoebe Tonkin, this amazing friend of Margot Robbie's model actress genius playing my mum. And she can pause that and turn to my daughters, her granddaughters, and go, can I just explain where that comes from? That harrowing scene that you've just watched. And the most unusual, unexpected thing is that a family can find a strange amount of um, catharsis and healing through the, via a seven-part Netflix series, and it was just the most profoundly bizarre and, thing. And the braveness of, of you to, to want to tell your story oh. in, a, in a different way Just in well. a different... Thanks. That's a lovely thing to say. And, 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 the, and the, the generosity of my family who go, oh, I know this is going to be so awkward for all of us, and they go, but I know that that's what you have to do, Trent, because the alternative is, is bourbon, you know, and that's just not a good alternative, if that makes sense. You know, mm. I, I was able to... I was able to write some of this stuff and not, not drink some of this stuff. And that's a very powerful thing. It's a very positive place to put your memories, you know. And, and, and I was so, so touched. I'm going to get emotional on flipping ABC radio if I go on, Quentin. <laughs> but, it, but I get so touched by people going, hey, thanks for sharing that because that's my family. Yeah. That's my old man. That's my mum. That's my brother. So what does it look like when an author writes something that goes big on TV? So... Just, you know, have, have you, where have you travelled? What have you done? The people that you've bumped into? Oh, Quentin, I'm, <laughs> you know, Brian Brown, right? Like cocktail, Coggins yeah. Law, you know, like know how to make a red eye. Type. Brian Brown is like a hero to the Dalton boys. And so I was sitting down. Um, so this premiere, they close off a street in Brisbane. Here's where it got most surreal. There's my wife, myself, Brian Brown, Simon Baker, and Travis Fimmel from Vikings all sitting around at the Khalil Hotel up, you know, this fancy hotel in New Up Palm. in the valley, yeah. Up in the valley. Yeah, yeah. And they're just telling, Brian Brown's telling Tom Cruise stories, you know. Brian Brown's telling uh, Breaker Morant stories. And you're just like, mate, he's telling Shirley stories. And you're just going like, you were part of my 1980s, mate. The Shirley, a miniseries on television. Yeah. Sh- oh, that's one of his proudest moments. He's sharing these stories and he goes, Trent, this reminds me of Shirley. That is the greatest compliment I could ever receive from that icon. It was a, a sort of father and daughter story. Father daughter story, wasn't it? And again, sort of that type of emotive connection of how things aren't always mum and dad, two kids, and roses, oh. and, and ch- it was a bit of a different time, which you've sort of shown throughout your stories. You look out this beautiful window here, and I'm telling you, there's like thousands of people here who are just out. They're going back to the battle, right? They're, they're going back to the battle out there in the suburbs. You know what I mean? They've taken a day off from the grind and they're going back to the battle and I just I just love that every last person who goes back to the battle and just keeps going for the sake largely of their kids and for the sake of of their husbands and wives and their families you know it's just so they can all sit around and and just really enjoy watching you know the cricket watching Cummins just come in and just make us flip and smile you know what I mean it's just like there's something really beautiful about that, and that's what I'm trying to tap into with, with anything I write, actually. Like, I'm trying to sort of celebrate that, that kind of unspoken uh, strength that doesn't ask for any, any sort of observance or kind of um, acknowledgement in, in, in all these people out here who are, who are heading off, you know, after hopefully a great day of cricket, you know, back to the battle. And almost just for you, they've 
taken us back in time. The West Indies that you and I grew up with of, oh. of Alan Border batting to try and avoid the follow-on oh. seemingly every test match. Oh, and I we mean, couldn't beat them. This is, this, is my, this is why I love Alfie Langer. This is why I, lo- I love these underdogs who, who, who step. This is why people don't understand why we all love Wally Lewis so much. It's, it's, it's these people who stood up in the hard, do- in the hard times. That's why... That's why AB statues out the front of this beautiful stadium. You know, like it's that guy was was brilliant in the tough times. And so, whilst you've got Malcolm Marshall coming down at you, you know, you've got AB at the other end. I mean, what a time! And and you know, it's so beautiful that like forevermore, you know, someone in Poland can see a glimpse of me paying a little tribute to those boys in that TV show. So it's just been the greatest thing. And. That's what you've done. Trent Dalton, it's been awesome to have a chat to you. Um, You're amazing, mate. I've listened to you for years. So thank you for everything you do. Well, I haven't got a chance to watch the show yet. I mean, the book... And I haven't got to the second book as yet. What's the, the second book is... Uh, All Our Shimmering Skies, Lola in the Mirror. Yeah. Mate, lots of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll watch the space on that, mate. You might see that in the future. Yeah. Um, and the way that you describe the connection between, not just cricket, but sport for young men uh, in Australia, it's it's... Fantastic, and those Parramatta eel scarves that are on the front of the the picture for the doco uh, for the for the Netflix series. Oh, brilliant! Um, I mean, mate, I mean, it's it's that that's the power, you know. The the I cannot even tell you the gift and then um, the joys I got from these games, from these sports, you know, as a boy. And I I know so many people who are the same, you know, not coming back inside until night time, you know, because you want to stay out with the magic, and the magic was cricket. Yeah, Trent. Great to have a chat to you. We could go on, but we've got other things. I love talking. Yeah. Have a great day. This has been the best thing. I'm so honoured to be Look, on here. Thank you. Get off air and go and have a chat to... I'm going to go talk more to go Carl Go and have Hooper. a chat to Carl Hooper. <laughs> 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 Trent Dalton, Boy Swallows Universe, uh, now on Netflix. Uh, what a life he's had. What uh, wonderful work he's done. And now it's, it's taking the world by storm.